All right, man, a couple days late because I was away during the week and your uh, schedule makes it very tight on those Wednesday nights, very late in Portugal. So pushed it back a couple of days, probably for the best. Usually I'm pretty tired after a full day of doing stuff. And now it's just sort of, it's morning for you. It's 5 p.m. my time. It's actually, I feel great. I feel like I have some energy, some, some stuff to say. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I'm getting up for you. Thursday nights are super late night for me. I have two columns and a bunch of shit. So um, yeah, I'm getting up for you and I'm exhausted and tired. And so what's going on, man? Not much. Let's get through these games quick. We'll get into some other stuff. We're going to get interrupted uh, at some point with the buzzer because my dog is being dropped off by the dog uh, dog sitter. And uh, he's going to be very excited. He may make a little appearance, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Well, you got you, you broke the internet with your viral picture. Uh, These dogs posing perfectly. One dog looked like he was on some sort of drugs. And you know, the King Charles Spaniel was my my uh, my parents' favorite dog. They had like three of them different. Uh, when one died, got so old, died, got another one. So I was happy to see a couple of those in that picture, actually. There were a couple of those. Yeah. And there's another dachshund in there. You know, mine was the little guy. You can check out my Twitter at Chris underscore list. It's toward the top. Little tiny guy at the bottom. And he seems pretty happy there. You know, it's, it's like a nice place. He stayed there this summer, so he knows her. But she's bringing him back, and he's going to go crazy. And I may do a little cameo for the camera for him so you can see him live. Not that anyone cares. but So he's coming back. But it's going to interrupt our podcast, but it is what it is. So I got back. Very nice trip with some friends. But, dude, Heather's 50th birthday month. And in the tweet, by the way, I said 30. And nobody called me out. So then I felt like people were like, oh, that's a subtle brag that you say your wife's 30. My daughter's almost 10, right? So that would mean, and I'm 50, that would mean I was 40. She was 20. Now, a real man, that, that's exactly how he rolls, obviously. And that's also his third family that he started. But I'm not a real man. I just you know, have a, a wife my own age. So, for the longest time, MLB.com's player page for Jose Mesa, it listed his children and doing the math, one of his first kid he had when he was about eight or nine years old. Yeah, and it was yeah. like it for the longest time. I think it was a mistake, but I don't know. But Joe Table I don't think a real man. I don't, I don't think it's a kid think, at about nine. Real yeah. man has a kid below 10. Yeah, I don't think it's yeah, biologically yeah. possible, but you never know. You know, if <laughs> these days, like the these products that you're seeing on the grocery store shelves have a lot of, you know, cow hormones that they inject them with. And who knows? You know, people are going through puberty at age six, probably. Real man goes through puberty at age six. Is a grandfather by age twelve. That's so you were kind of called out by the people who don't know uh, Heather, though. Oh, oh, like, no, a couple boy, people. Nice subtle brag. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they called me out because so they were funny. like, because they took it at face value and was like, "Oh, you're just announcing that your wife's thirty. But I expected people like you to be like, "Yeah, 50. But then I realized since nobody said anything, I didn't want it to be, you know, passed as a false claim, you know. So I, I had to just make make explain the joke. It's never good to explain a joke, right? The joke just should be uh, able to stand on its own. Anyway. Let's get through these games. We got some other stuff we can talk about, but let's get through these uh, quick. And we got to make our pot five because we didn't really have a chance to talk about it on the XM show. So I mean, yeah, so and I wanted I wanted to push for the Packers plus seven. I know it's very easy to say now, but I texted you before. I said I want to yep. go on record. I think this is insane that they think Devontae Adams is worth four points. I mean, it, let alone the fact that the Rodgers Rodgers was six and zero oh in his career without Adams and put up four fantasy points. Right. I mean, maybe there's something to do the fact of not forcing it to one guy. I know that they're facing a tough Arizona defense and all their receivers were out, but I thought seven points was truly one of the more bizarre lines of the year. But whatever, it's not like we're gonna win. Yeah, I made it like three and a half, and it, and then it was yeah. six and a half without Adams. And then I just switched it. I just had this weird vibe when I was writing it. It wasn't like a best bet or anything. It was just like, okay, it's a coin flip. I'll, I'll switch it. And I was wrong. I mean, there were a couple of turnovers that were bad, but pretty much 
Crazy the, uh, game though. If you watched it, I mean, it was a pretty oh, crazy. It was such a bad game. What a horrible game! It was just unwatchably bad. The whole thing was just frustrating. Rodgers is just so in command, and Murray uh, is just not. He's not in command. I don't know when he hurt his ankle or whatever. It's like herky jerky. Like there's just no, you know, Rodgers. You're always like, oh man, they just can't sack him. They can't blitz him. He's always going to see what's happening. He's always going to dump it off. It's like super annoying to watch Rodgers and bet against him. And Murray, you're just like, I hope he can. He throws kind of a nice ball, but like it's kind of like I hope he makes the right decision. I don't know. And the Cardinals aren't. They're not a serious contender. I mean, they might. They'll make the playoffs and. They'll, you know, if they win a game, great, but they're not going anywhere, in my opinion. Yeah, he hurt his ankle on the second to last play right before the pick, but he has okay, stopped so. running like the last month. I don't know if he was dealing with, again, a shoulder thing or whatever, but yeah, he has not been quite the same after that. He's not time. even escaping the rush that well. Like the rush is coming, and I'm like, all right, do your thing. I mean, these running quarterbacks, the, the most dispiriting thing for a defense is when, you know, it's third and 12, and you got him dead to rights, and he escapes and gets a 13 yard run, and you're like, God damn, we got to start all over again. And this running threat is so big, and yet it's just not there. I don't see it, and I don't know what the hell's going on with him. So, yeah, we should have taken it. I was dumb to switch. I would have let you take it. I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't sold at all on the. But it is what it is. We missed the chance. So, and we'll talk about you know what it could have should have uh, later because I've got uh, something to say on that. But let's yeah. keep going. Let's go uh, Carolina uh, plus three at Atlanta. I just kind of crazily made Carolina my best bet. Because I'm 7-0 on best bets, and I, I may have screwed up on this, but I just am trying to feel the game that's the wrong, that's the tide-turning game. Like the game where Atlanta's won a couple games, but it's Jets and, and Dolphins and not very impressive over either. And Carolina just got crushed by the Giants. But their defense is way better than Atlanta's defense. They're getting three. It's almost like Carolina's better than they've been. And the only thing that gives me pause is Darnold being so bad where he could just completely crater the team. But he was benched. I think that's good. I think it's good they benched him. You know, there's some cost to him playing that way. So I took the Panthers. What do you think about that? Um, I don't feel strongly about this game at all. I sent you the Falcons, but I thought it was two and a half at the time. At, at three, uh, it's a stay away for me. Darnold's been, you said it all. Darnold's just been horrible, but otherwise their defense should be better. Yeah, whatever. It's three. I've been defaulting oh, to okay. dogs this year, but and, and three points is obviously a big difference in two and a half, so I'm not going to argue against you here. It's fine. Okay. I'm fine. You so, like it a lot? I mean, I don't really. I just, it was just the, we don't have to use it. I mean, I was just the one okay. I made. I had to publish the article Wednesday night. I hadn't really decided. I know who my best bet is now, like who it would be. But on the record, it's it's the Panthers. I'm okay with it. I just I just don't know that I want to bet on Darnold turning it around. I guess is is my and, and you know the Falcons have played better lately. I mean, they're, and they're starting to throw it downfield. Pitts looks like a monster. I don't know. Maybe Arthur Smith just took a while to be a head coach. Well, maybe, but they barely beat Miami. I mean, barely, and they barely and that was at home. No, that was in Miami, and then they barely beat the Jets. I mean, they beat the Jets, but it, you know they didn't dominate the Jets on a neutral field. So I'm not impressed with them but all right well we don't have to use it but anyways plus three philly at detroit this is my new best bet i think philly's the best bet because they're terrible and yet they're laying three and a half on the road which just seems way too much against anybody uh and detroit is always like this spunky team that like barely loses to the ravens and barely loses the rams and they're winless but i just feel like this one feels like the total this is like the it's totally wrong and it's totally right. It's just the Eagles are just going to kill them. The, the Eagles have been bad. They've been beaten up by teams like Dallas and actual good teams. And now they get to face a doormat that they're just going to go in and, and crush. So Eagles, are, I, I like the Eagles here. Who do you have here? Okay. 
I have the the Lions, but it's another one that I did did not love either way. I don't feel strongly. So if you feel strongly about the Eagles, I'm, I'm I would take the Eagles. I, I will I will push for the Eagles. Just it just like this this line should be like a pick 'em. You know why is it three and a half? Because because it's just there's just something off about it. I don't know. I I like the Eagles here. So I the Dolphins just just as you know the Dolphins. Uh, oh yeah, I did because you're right. I was I thought it was the Thursday game, the first one, but I see it's already off. Yeah, I like the Dolphins getting thirteen and a half. Now it's up to fourteen. I just I mean, the Dolphins, they were a team that was supposed to be like 8-9, 9-8. And, and they have the same players, basically. They just haven't played very well, but a lot of that was with Brissett. And the Bills are good. They're really good. But, I mean, this is a double-digit 14-point line division game. I don't know. I, I like the Dolphins. Who do you like there? Yeah, I took the points, too. Tua's been playing. I, I, I don't care that he's throwing a couple of really bad picks. I'd rather that and then him look good and the other place right. someone just be okay forever, whatever. He's making mistakes. That hip injury was like Bo Jackson-esque, they said. Man, right. I don't know. I'm giving him a bit of a pass. And I, I mean, he was, he was a number one, two, or three fantasy QB last week, depending on your story. And I know a lot of it's been volume. But um, I don't know. I'm kind of – I'm not writing off Tua. I think okay. he's okay. I mean, I, think I, he's, I, I think picked him up good. everywhere last week and I was, so, it was great. I mean, I was just like, it was just the guy I went oh, yeah. to and, and he looked good. Like those dimes to get sicky at the goal line, yeah. are like really, really good throws. Like those are yeah. like, and a great catch too, but I, I don't know. He has touch. I'm totally not writing off to him, man. That was a like, serious, serious hip injuries. He's throwing the ball out there pretty well. I'm watching him. I think he's fine. Yeah. And I agree with that point that you made that like egregious mistakes are not the thing to look at. It's just, you know, what's he, you know, can he make throws? Can he make plays? All yeah, right. I'd rather uh, be instead of a, a B minus game the whole way, I'd rather some A's and F's, you know, right. that's how you learn. I mean, Although Darnold is like that too. You know, he, he makes incredible throws and then he just does okay, the stupid well, Darnold's stuff. been in the league for 10 years. Yeah, Darnold. Yeah. He just consistently does the horrible thing, but all right, maybe Miami. I know uh, a lot of other games. I like this. Okay. Game. Okay. Tennessee plus two and a half at Indy. That was Tennessee minus one originally. What's the line in the super contest? Uh, it is the Colts minus one. Okay. So they're two and a half now. You like the Colts? I kind of like the Colts here too. Yeah, I would use the Colts. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Let's use them. Okay. They, they were another in the running for best bet. All right. Yeah. So we use the Colts. Rams plus 15 and a half at Texans. No, I mean, minus 15 and a half at Texans. There's no Tyrod Taylor. So that ship has sailed. I don't oh, want is to that official? Oh, yeah, that he's official. not playing. Oh, yeah. lame. That That's why I went my, up. Yeah, part of the one I wanted to, you know, I liked us waiting on the Rams was Tyrod Taylor hopefully returning for this game. I took the points, but whatever, stay away. Yeah, I mean, you know, these big spreads are getting covered by the favorites. I'm not going to switch here. I'm just going to keep taking the points. I think it's going to even out. I, I feel like it's the way to go. All right. I took Houston, but I don't feel strongly. Cincinnati minus 10 and a half at Jets. I took the Bengals. I don't want to use this. I took the Bengals because I think it will. I do think it will be a letdown game after beating the Ravens, which is like a huge, huge win for them. They're the one seed in the AFC right now, the Bengals, but they'll they'll have a letdown. But I could see them having a letdown and still winning by thirteen. Like the Jets are so bad that I think that the Bengals can win this game. You know, playing their C game. Oh, I would definitely fight for the Jets. Love it. One of my favorite bets. I, I think the Bengals are for sure the real deal. They're the only team in football, top five in yards per play on offense and yards per play against on defense. But this is just a classic trap game, man. Third straight road game. Mike White is just going to play the offense, the check down, not make mistakes type stuff, whereas Zach Wilson is one of those guys committing turnovers. So I don't know. I, this is a game to stay away. You wanna use, if you want to use it, you can't. I, I, I don't it's care. A ma- it's a massive spread. Ten and a half at home against, uh, I don't know. The like Jets, it. if it weren't for the Texans, the Tyrod taylor list Texans, the Jets would be by far the worst team in the NFL. Not just you know a little bit worse than the Jaguars or whoever the next worst team is, the Lions. They're much worse. 
So they, I, I don't know that the Jets can do it. I know they beat Tennessee when they were they missing. Already beat Tennessee at home. They're missing AJ unknown. Brown and Julio Jones that game. Yeah. You know the Bengals aren't missing guys like that. I, I don't know. I, I that's fine. We can use them. I Burrow, I think, Burrow leads the NFL in. I mean, the leads the AFC in YPA man. They're really the, they're the NFL actually. The only yeah, Russell Wilson's yeah, higher. Because like he, Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Um, whatever. If you don't like them, we can we can come. I, up. I, I'm more concerned about worrying about using them in Survivor than I am about the Super. Okay, well, we're going to talk about that obviously. Okay, <laughs> yeah. keep going. Pittsburgh plus three and a half at Cleveland. I like Pittsburgh. I think it's too much. I think these it's going to be a, a physical close game. And give me the points. What about you? Agreed. Coming out of the bye, either Keenum or a Bang Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, I like the points here. Okay, San Francisco minus four at the Bears. I took the Bears, but that was before they lost Khalil Mack for this game. I don't know. I just think it's going to be like an ugly slog, but I, I don't really have any idea who the Niners are. I, I actually just don't know. So I didn't, I, this is a very, it's a stay away from me. Yeah. I made it my best bet, the Niners and not because I'm being a homer. It's just, this would be, I almost hope they lose. It'll be funny to what happens to Shanahan. If they lose the whole team, the whole city is turned on Shanahan. If they don't blow out the bears team that has three passing touchdowns this year, do you see this? The Niners are much better than the record indicates. I know they're coming off an F game against the Colts, but are they going to really have they, – they have by far the most P.I. penalty yards in the NFL. Or the, I don't know if the Bears can take advantage of that. I don't know. If the Niners lose to this team, boy. I mean, it's almost – I almost want it to happen just to see how the, 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 the fans implode on Shanahan. But <laughs> I, I think that they will kill the, the Bears. I mean – but I, Khalil Mack is a bad loss because Garoppolo sucks. And, he sucks. He sucks. I agree. And, I know. And it's he just like suck. that. Know. You know, it's the Bears' defense that I thought. Okay, this and is what, it's not I'm bad like, either. The Bears' D is like a, a DVOA. And with Mac, a bunch of injuries. Yeah, Mac is a big one, and that's the guy that gets yeah. to the quarterback. And then, you know, they'll probably run it. They'll probably wear well, him Ro- out. Robert Quinn's on the COVID list, and Akeem yeah. Hicks. All three yeah. of their. I mean, the three yeah. of the yeah. guys are all hurt. But right. but whatever. The Niners are garbage, and Jimmy G's garbage, and and they're laying for. But okay. Well, you can use the playoff percentage drop more since the beginning of the season. That nice. It's just been a disaster. But anyway. All right. Jacksonville plus three, three and a half. It looks like three and a half now at Seattle. I took Seattle when it was three, but I don't want to touch this game. I don't, yeah, I don't want to either. I okay. took Seattle too, but it's, yeah, no. Okay. No. New England, now it's down to four, four and a half. It was five, five and a half initially. I took the Patriots. The Patriots always get better as the year goes on. If you look what they've done, they barely lost to Tampa. They barely lost to Dallas. They destroyed the Jets. Mac Jones is the only credible rookie quarterback so far. Chargers are really good, but... I think this will be a, a good game. I, I like the Patriots. Yeah, it's a good setup for the Patriots too because that's the big run funnel defense of Chargers, the worst run defense. So theoretically, it should set up well for New England. They get plus six in Super Contest. Um, I, I took the points as well. Mac Jones. Mac Jones looks good. Way better yeah. than Jimmy G. Well, we'll consider it. We'll consider uh, New England. I, I consider them too as my best bet. The team at Denver, three and a half now. I thought it was three initially. I would take the team, but I, I can't. I can't really back them. I don't know. Yeah, really it's only three in the super contest okay. and I took the team, but yeah, I would stay away. Okay. And then we got Cowboys minus two and a half at Vikings. I took the Vikings, but Dak is now very iffy. You're skipping the best game or the Saints. Uh, skip. Bucks game. Oh, Saints bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. I did skip that. Buccaneers minus five at Saints. I took, I took the Saints. I think that's a huge line for them to be laying in new Orleans. And I think that the, you know, how the bucks just annihilated the bears it was such a bad matchup for the Bears because they can't throw, and that's all you can do against Tampa. But I also think like this, the Saints, they're like a hard team. Like they're not going to get beat up by Tampa. They're gonna they're gonna give as much as they take. And I just think this is this is sort of this should be like a pick 'em in New Orleans, and it's they're laying five and a half. 
Yeah, I took the Saints. I kind of like Winston as a sleeper, like DFS option this week because they'll force him to throw volume for the first time this year. So I'm curious. Revenge game. To throw. And revenge game. So I came across this stat. It's kind of crazy. Brady has thrown 64 passes in the red zone this year. No other quarterback's thrown even 50. Joe Burrow. Guess how many passes Joe Burrow's thrown? Brady's thrown 64 in the red zone. Guess how many Joe Burrow's well, thrown? Well, he, he never throws any because he throws it to Jamar Chase, you know, and he gets a 50-yard touchdown every time. So yeah, he never fewer gets... than 20 times. Yeah, yeah. Fewer than 20 compared to Brady's 64. Pretty wild. Yeah. They're playing different games there. But yeah, you're right. They're, they've barely even been in the red zone. The, the Bengals why, why, are too busy it, scoring it, from the other side of the field. The red yeah. zone is flyover country for the Bengals. It's not, you don't even go there. Okay, so I like the Saints. I would use the Saints. Cowboys minus two and a half at Vikings. I think the Vikings, but I don't feel strongly. Now the Dak. It's kind of iffy. I mean, I think you have to take the Vikings. Well, I mean, uh, maybe everyone's going to be using them, but I mean, we could get Vikings plus one and a half. I mean, what's that spread going to be? Vikings minus four by by kickoff. I mean, is Dak out or not? Do we know? Yeah, it doesn't look good. And the spread they were talking about. I mean, the spread right now is Vikings minus three. I mean, the writing it's moved four and a half points. I mean, the writing's on the wall. No, I picked up the take? I think think we take. I think we should take the free square though. (laughs) Yeah, I think. Or, Or should we just be like, since we're sort of, you know couple games over 500 just hope dallas wins it covers that anyway and then and you know we don't have to take dallas but we could just take something else and then a lot of the guys get pushed down i don't know what do you think we'll we'll, we'll mark it down as an option we'll we'll have a few options and then finally you got the giants plus nine and a half at kc and this we got other issues with this one Um, i would have taken the giants i I think kc soft but it is a good spot for kc a monday night showcase oh, yeah. game after- points is a ton of points for this shaky KC team. right yeah, I, and yeah. and so this is kind of big but anyway I, I have the giants but all right let's just let's pick our five i i think we're on the colts for sure yeah i think we're on okay we're on the colts that's the only one we definitely like 100 percent. i would take new england if you want i would take if you really want to push for one if you really want to fight for uh yeah jets yeah, that's jet, fine jets. okay yeah, fine jets, jets ten and a half. Yeah. fine jets and then Colts. Yeah. And I'm going to take the Eagles. I just think yeah. it's just so ugly. I just can't believe the Eagles are laying three and a half on the road. I just think it's it's got to be right. I won't push for the Niners, but I think you liked Pittsburgh, and I wrote them down. What about Pitt plus three and Fine. a half? I like Pitt. And then the last one. Either New England or Minnesota. Or Carolina. Yeah. Let's, let's leave out Minnesota. We don't have to go full Dallas, but I think let's just let that one be. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Who knows? Sure. Anything. Right. Yeah. I I backed off New England at the end because I was like, Herbert's really good. And like narrative, I like the New England narrative of Belichick's teams get better. And, you know, you see this shitty team and then by like midseason, nobody wants to mess with them. But it's six. Let's take New England as the last one. Okay. All right. All right. We got our five. Okay. Now we got to get serious. So this is the serious thing. But before we get to Survivor, let's take a break. From a note from our sponsors. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. You, you're still in on Casey. You don't like Cincy's setup. You actually think they could lose this game with Mike White? I think I'm very dubious. But I mean, look, the if I wasn't dubious, if I'm not dubious that they could lose the game, I should just bet my life savings on the Bengals money line then, and I should just get a free, you know. 20% return on all my money. And I'm not going to do that. So obviously they can lose like anyone else. Zero interceptions on the year. I don't know if that's is, is bad luck or just horrible, but that's that's wild for this far of the season without one. They say mostly interceptions were thrown, not caught. But the thing is that 
that the Jets are behind all the time. So like, who's going to, you know, they're never in a situation where anyone has to force the ball. A pressure rate. Yeah. 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 No pressure. So no. I, I just, so the Bengals are really, really good. Legit Super Bowl contenders. I'm a full believer in them. I just, uh, th- I, anecdotally, third straight road game coming off their Super Bowl type win against Baltimore. Oh, it's uh, a bad the spot. There's no doubt. I mean, I agree hundred percent. And so anecdotally, I thought of, and, and conversely, the Chiefs are coming off an F performance. Just horrible. They laid, entered last week leading the NFL in drives, points per drive and turnovers per drive. So it just seems like, you know, these turnovers are, are something of bad luck. The Giants coming off a win. So even thinking of all that anecdotal stuff, I went to my nerd site who, who factors in all the objective stuff. And they this week had... The, uh, the Chiefs is 78% chance of winning and the Bengals just 71%. Then I also factored in the, the, the pools are showing that 45% of some pools are on the Bengals were far fewer on the Chiefs. So factoring all those three things, I concluded that, yeah, I'm pretty solidly. The pot odds is the, the best argument because I think the Bengals are the better straight up. I don't believe in that nerd stat shit. Chiefs, they are allowing 6.6 yards per play. They are. They have six point two. They're worse in the NFL by a decent margin, and they they average six point two yards per play on offense. They are negative. They are below. You know, if you look at just like each play, they're negative. The Giants are. The Giants are. Yeah, are five point six yards per play allowed. And I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look at. They're five point six allowed, and let's look at how many they average. The Giants average on offense five point five. So the Giants are closer on the yards per play to break even than the chiefs are the chiefs are minus 15 point differential on the year. They're negative. They scored three points against the Titans. And, and what's worse is most That's of the chiefs good stats are from earlier in the year uh, before defense has started to figure out this, take away the deep ball and frustrate Mahomes' strategy, which everybody's copying now. So, you know, if you look at the chiefs oh, over the last true. four games, they're even, they're even more ineffective. Andy Reid does have a little extra prep time with this Monday night game. Um, but what if Tony and Barkley? And oh, I hate the unknown, oh. too, of like all those unknowns. Like who, there's like five questionable giants that would matter on scoop. That would make it. I mean, Shepard's going to be back, but I don't, he doesn't scare me. You know, he's not like dangerous to the other team. Tony. But man, Tony, he returned to practice on Friday. Tony, he's going to play. I think he's going to play. He returned to practice. Barkley, let's see what Barkley's latest is. He was held out. I don't think Barkley will play. Yeah, I'm almost but more I think worried about Tony's availability. Tony is very that dangerous. Go against your, uh, that goes against your, your tweets uh, or uh, the arguments with Barkley, but yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Well, Tony, I mean, Tony just looks so dangerous, and the Chiefs defense, I mean, I could just see him going for like 180 yards against them, just dominating them. I, gotta, I should actually – I hope I can hear the buzzer because um, the woman's coming any minute, and I realize I have these headphones on. Um, that'd be really bad. Let me, I, let me Hold on. Let me just look outside and make sure. Hold on, hold on. It's raining out too, so it'd be really bad if she was like stuck right. out there. Hopefully hold on, I let me just check my door. Hopefully, I can hear a buzzer. Yeah, yeah hold, on. hold on, hold on. All right, it's pretty loud, so I should be able to hear it. I was just a little paranoid for a second. I was like, she's not here, but she's probably just a few mm-hmm. minutes late. Okay, so I'm willing to do this. It's going to be really unpleasant, especially have to wait through Monday morning, watch the Bengals roll, and be like, oh man, now we're just sort of sitting here. Now, if the Bengals lose, it's just a free ride. Then if the Giants win, well, we're going to take one of those two. No big deal. But the Bengals are going right. to win this game. I feel very almost okay. positive on that. But I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I, mean, I just don't see I the Jets with Mike White I mean, beating the Bengals. But 
you actually like the Chiefs straight up better than the Bengals. Forget the same amount, forget pot odds, just chance to win this week. I'm fully willing I could be absolutely wrong, but, but personally, I'm, yes. Forget about it. Obviously, yes. you can be wrong. I'm just saying you right. personally. But I, mean, I, take, I know I'm not, what I'm point is, I'm not like certain about it. I understand. Well, that, how like, could you be certain about something right, like that? Okay, right, so, right. But, so the point yes, is. I personally, my life depended on it. I'm a little bit more worried about the Bengals losing. Well, your life does depend on it because yeah. not only right. we lose in Survivor, but I'll come and kill you. So right. your life okay, does let me put it differently. All other exterior things aside, just that those two factors, I slightly feel better about the Chiefs winning. Okay, okay. So that, so the fact that 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 you feel that way and you're how you put in half the money, and you got to be willing to play pot odds. You you look at the lines, right? We get to talk about all this stuff. The Bengals are only even if I totally disagree with you, which I kind of do. The objective Vegas, it's not objective. The market-based Vegas number is just a few percent different. It's not that much. I mean, if I were just doing the math. If I were predicting the pot odds, like the amount of people on, on Cincy, there's no good games for Cincy, by the way. You can't really use them easily the rest of the way. Now, things will change. But looking ahead right now, they basically don't have a great game. This is the game people want to use the Bengals. I would, I would project that just blindly using the Vegas implied odds and the – All the more whatever, reason it'll be heavily rostered then or heavily used. You know? That's what I'm saying. I'm, making, I'm saying if I were to just to use my projection, I'm thinking they're going to be about 52% owned, the Bengals, and I think the Chiefs will be about 22% owned. That would be my guess. And using those numbers and the Vegas numbers, I think KC would be the choice. I think if we just use blind math and don't get into like, well, the narrative of Tony or – any of the shit it's all baked into the line all that stuff should be baked into the line i mean you know it's supposed to be we would use the chiefs if we were just to be completely market plus pot odds so it is the savvier play i think okay and yeah and you also we never know as far as like saving team who knows maybe the Bengals could be heavily favored in one of those games down the stretch. it doesn't even matter like by, by week you know when we're in thanksgiving or, or you know after those games like the Bengals may be a six-point favorite, and we may be ecstatic right. that we have the six-point right. favorite where everyone else is piled onto the only eight-point favorite, and that goes down and we win the pool. I mean, you don't know. You want to be out of phase. You don't need to be – you don't need to have the best option. You just need to have you know, an option that other people aren't taking. So let's do it. I'll send it in. We'll do the Chiefs. I don't want to watch this game. I just don't want to know. I just want to go and come back in week 12 and say, did we, did we win that one against the Chiefs? I can't remember. I never checked. I know. I hear you now. I know. Yeah. And, and this is pro- what am I doing? Why am I putting this on me? I'd rather lose this survivor because of you. than vice versa. So I don't Real man. Real doing. man puts yeah. his neck out. It's your pick. Yeah, I know. Hey, I really we went, we went this whole year on my picks, man. You, you're stepping up when, when you need to step up. And if you're wrong, well, you know, we got, we know what we're talking about for the next 10 years on this podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I'm sure it'll never be brought up again. But yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Um, done. Done. Fine. Done. Right, Chiefs. Cool. Unless we hear something in the next. 12 hours i'm putting yeah i was gonna in. say don't put it in immediately let's just wait on the I, I like to put it in saturday I, I morning my time sure. Fine, so i have fair. a little i'm not gonna like forget but let's you do know, that, you know patrick yeah. mahomes always oh, got dizziness and you know something like that you yeah. know we gotta, wait till saturday morning yeah he's got covid i mean that's you can get effed if patrick yeah. mahomes had covid or something oh man okay so that's that a couple other things so i had a thread on twitter i got an argument it was just this one guy who i actually like was just debating the, uh, I wrote something about how, you know, you better take the L if you said they should have taken Darnold. I've got, I'm going to have a process server serve you your L if you're not willing to take it because these guys are hiding from the L. All these people said, how could you take Barkley over Darnold? Uh, And now they're pretending, oh, you should have taken Quentin Nelson. Now you weren't saying take Quentin Nelson. You're saying, how can you take him over Darnold at draft day? And I was saying, you got to take the L. They start bringing in all this other stuff. And even one total douche comes in at the end and he's like, 
trying to tie in this with COVID stuff and dunk on me. And I'm, you know, like, oh, I miss that. I miss uh, you that. should say, go check out the thread. Right. Anyway, point is that it, it got, you know, I guess a little heated, but you know, we're just talking about draft picks, right? Cardi got in on it. He's yeah, got I his, saw that. I missed know, the other it's bad process, whatever. Okay. Yeah. And so we're going back and forth and I made a thread that I felt like, cause, cause the problem with Twitter, when you get in these debates is there's, there's like the kitchen sink thrown in. There's like, it's bad process. It's good process. It's, they should have taken Nelson. Oh, look at Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, all sorts of stuff. Weird analogies start getting made. It's just impossible to like have sort of a clear line of argument and, and clear thought. So I made it, I made a Twitter thread that I felt like it clarified it better. The obvious pick with Eli aging and you know, the giants in need of a quarterback was Darnold. He was in, in the running for 1.1, but the Browns took Mayfield. He was the obvious one. They took a running back instead of Darnold. Everybody said, oh my God, I can't believe he took Barkley. The Jets, their rival, inner city rival, takes Darnold. It's Darnold versus Barkley. Now, of course, there are many other options. Uh, people argue about trading down, which didn't seem to be a real option that year. Uh, nobody seemed to really be interested in that. And then, of course, the ideal picks, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Not many people were talking about those guys at pick two, but they were ideal. But my contention was, basically they're like, you're an idiot. You didn't take a quarterback. And Gettleman's quote was, if you have to talk yourself into a quarterback, just pass. Okay. Which I totally agree with. Like the worst thing you can have is an early, early pick for quarterback that for three, four years, you're trying to give them a go and your franchise is doomed because the quarterback is so important that a bad one really dooms you. And then, and then you move on four years later, you know, and you, you squander the prime of any good player you've had basically during that time. And, there was a little bit of argument like, oh, Darnold's more valuable than Barkley because, you know, and I was kind of like, that to me is just bullshit. Barkley has been really good when he's been healthy. He's a running back. He's not going to be as valuable as a good quarterback. Darnold's been pretty much terrible. Okay, like that's it. I, if you're arguing that Darnold is more valuable than a good running back, okay, there's just no, we're not going to even, we're not even on the same universe. We're not in the same place. We're not having the same conversation. Okay, I think, I think the argument is, he chose a low upside option over a high upside option because he felt like that option specifically was not a good one. That, and, and I felt that was a valid choice to make. And then if you're going to argue with me, you're going to have to concede that Darnold did not pan out. You have to concede that. If you don't concede that Darnold did not help the Jets, then I'm sorry, we can't have a discussion. And if you don't concede that when Barkley was healthy, he was actually good, I don't really know, you know, I, I don't know how we can have a discussion. The guy had 91 receptions and five yards of carries, a rookie with Eli's as QB and a below average offensive line. I don't know really what there is to discuss. I think there are, you know. Okay. So if we can agree on those premises, I'll agree on another premise. The Giants have been way, way better off taking Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, and they would have been somewhat better off almost certainly taking Quentin Nelson, okay, too. I mean, those were all better picks. I'll acknowledge that. But I'm talking about Barkley versus Darnold and the idea that because it's usually better to take a quarterback prospect than a running back prospect at that pick, that that doesn't mean it's right in all cases. That was my contention. And then the evidence that that's correct in this case, even though I was saying it at the time, is that Darnold's been bad and Barkley's been good. That's my argument. So that's the debate. And I'd further add that you know taking, uh, taking a quarterback would hurt your franchise crushes it longer than mess, missing another position but oh, uh, the other but the counter would be 
that they're not people aren't sure how valuable Saquon Barkley is. There are running backs that are for sure more valuable than others and help you. Derrick Henry, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, the receiving backs are the more obvious examples, but it's just kind of unclear to people. Well, he caught 91 passes. A huge difference. Did he help them win, though, really? I mean, did they win games because of catching 91 four yard pass dump offs? No, he didn't. He averaged eight yards. He averaged the same amount of reception yardage that. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I don't know how Tony would move the spread for us more Monday night than if Barkley played or not. I mean, we just said that. Well, no, I, it was also because Barkley's been banged up. And is he going to be, you know, peak Barkley when he came in the league right now? I don't yeah. know. It might take a few weeks. I think that's part of it. But also, yeah. it's not like he caught 91 passes because they were like throwing him four-yard passes. He was averaging eight yards of reception over that time. So he was averaging five yards of carry and eight yards of reception behind a bad offensive line with Eli Manning in his last year as his quarterback. I, I don't see, I, I honestly I know, don't. He's been hurt. I, I, okay. Let's say, uh, let's, okay. He got I hurt. Acknowledge he was great that year. Okay. The second he, year he had 12 games and still averaged 4.6 yards per carry, 7.78, eight yards a catch was still the same guy missed four games with an ankle injury. Um, and even had a couple of bad games that, you know, right after it, that got dragged him down a bit, but he was the same guy for two years. So he got hurt for a year. You know I mean? What running back doesn't miss a year with an injury and now he's back. And he got hurt again on this fluke bullshit play, but he'll be back again. I, I don't, I don't see him as like Javid Best, who didn't have a career or something like that. He got hurt. He missed a year. I mean, that's that's normal. If you don't, if you say that like he's not good because of EPA or some bullshit stat, to me that's just come on, man. The prior that you have on this generational prospect at a college, and then the fact that he gets ninety-one catches and five yards of carry on a shitty team and eight yards of catch you're just being disingenuous. If you argue that he's not good, I think he's good. Darnold's bad. I think that's just clear for now. Maybe Darnold will surprise everybody become good, but so far he's bad. He's already not on the team that drafted him, but I, I, if you can't get over that hurdle, we just shouldn't even have this conversation. I feel like, cause it's just so obviously that he's a good running back and that now you say, well, it didn't cause them to win. Well, how about the angels and Mike Trout? Oh, Mike Trout's not good. The angels never make the playoffs. Well, the only reason you know Mike Trout's good is because he's got eight, you know, 10 war every year. But, but how do you know that? Well, because you can measure war so easily with the, with the baseball player. It's just an individual thing. So you can so easily show that Trout is good, even though his team sucks. Yeah, totally. Um, it's impossible for football to do the same. It's very hard to disentangle everything in football. And so I've watched every Giants game since Barkley's been in the league. I, if you don't see that Saquon's good, I, I don't just, don't, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, no, the numbers I, I, are there. I, I think it's just, the just, just stupid. It's just fucking stupid. Any running back what? It may be just not worth it. An early okay, draft, well, that's the argument. That's the argument. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. I'm willing to have that argument. Okay, not the argument that Saquon's not a good running back. Okay, okay so, so you have bad quarterback, good running back, which is a better pick. And they're like, the quarterback, man, the quarterback could have won you a Super Bowl. The running back, who cares? What's the difference? Look, could've. he's done nothing. But, you know, there's many good players on bad teams. I mean, many bad teams have good players. Oh, you know, Darren Waller was on the Raiders last year. He was a very, very good player. The Raiders were bad. Like, it doesn't mean he's not, oh, why didn't they win? They had Darren Waller. Well, I mean, what the fuck? The idea that there's bad, there's good players on bad teams is not controversial. So really the only argument is because usually the quarterback is the smarter pick given the upside, but in this case, Gettleman decided to pass on the obvious quarterback and go with the running back and the running back's good, the quarterback's bad. Was that a mistake? And the answer is no, of course not. Barkley's had some positive value on a team that, wouldn't have gone anywhere with Donald or, Bar- or Barkley. And Donald had negative value. And they're like, no, 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 no. It wasn't a good pick because the process was bad. And so Cardi keeps saying the process was bad. And I'm saying 
You're begging the question, dude. Your whole argument is that the process was bad. And the premise you're using to, to establish that is that his process was bad. You're saying it was bad because it was bad. It's always bad to take a running back over a quarterback there. And that's bad process. And so he's saying it's always bad. Therefore, this was bad. And I'm saying I'm disputing whether it's always bad. I agree. I will concede this premise that generally it is better to take the quarterback. If you do nothing about the two players, except they're both top prospects of this draft and one was a quarterback, one's running back. I would take the quarterback every time knowing nothing about else about the two guys except their position. But what, but my contention is just because on average, something is true. It is not true in every case. And Gettleman for whatever his process was said in this case, I'm going to take the running back here. I'm going to take this guy instead of that guy. I don't feel good about the quarterback. And as it played out, historically, he was correct. The quarterback was bad. The running back's been somewhat useful. And, and they just could not get over. He kept saying, but it's bad process. Again, you're begging the question. I, what I'm saying is, can it be right? And I'm arguing it is right to buck the averages, to buck the base rate when you see something, when you're scouting, when your information says, I'm going to buck the base rate and do something a little bit different here. And he just couldn't get beyond he just couldn't get beyond his notion of that it was always wrong. He just, that was, he just kept repeating it in different ways. And I, I made a little thread here to illustrate the argument that I thought was clear. I said, there's two players at a blackjack table. They both get 17. The dealer shows an eight. Player one, he sticks. 17, you stick. Player two hits, gets a four. Dealer flips over the whole card. It's a 10. So player one lost, 18, 17. Player two won, 21, 17. Who made the right decision? Well, what's your answer to that? Whatever the process. Yes, the one who won. The one who won fucking made the right decision. How do you know? Because he, given better information, the, the other guy would also have hit. He would have hit first. If he knew there was a four there, he would have done it. It was the right decision. Of course, you're going to do that. Now, who was more likely to win before the, the four came out? The first guy by staying. Staying is the, on average, is definitely the better thing to do. There's no, there's no question about it. The book says stay, and it's not even close. It's not a close call. But when there was more information in the end, we said, ah, it turned out hitting was the right play. It was definitely the right play. I don't, what's happened to people, they've learned that to make better forecasts, better decisions, better forecasts, better predictions, you want to focus on process, not results. If you want to predict someone's ERA for next year, you want to know strikeout percentage minus walk percentage more than last year's ERA. It's more important. So just looking at last year's result of ERA is not ideal. So they realize, let's look at the process. What is the most predictive of ERA? There's probably something better than what I just said, but I'm old school. I don't know all these new stats. But what I'm saying is, let's focus on the process of how ERA gets constructed, what's likely to generate good ERAs, and use those metrics. This is smart. This is good. Process, not what was the ERA last year. Results. Problem is, if we have a bet on last year's ERA, and however the hell I come about finding it, I got it right and you didn't. You can't say, well, no, I was really right because my process was better. No, you were wrong. I got it right. It's over. Probability is forward-looking. It's about the future. The reason we assign probabilities to the future is because we don't know it. Therefore, we use probability to give us the best chance to forecast it. But going backwards, something either happened, 100% probability, or it didn't happen, 0%. Probability doesn't predict things in reverse. But these guys are pretending like, oh, well, it didn't happen, but it was more likely to have happened. Sorry, dude. It doesn't work like that. It happened. It's over. The event's over. It has a hundred percent chance. It's in the books. It doesn't matter. You can't. So what these guys have done is they've taken something that's sort of a good self-help process. Oh, I'm going to make myself better at forecasting. And they've said, instead of working on worrying about results, I'm going to focus on process. And what they've done is they've confused themselves and they pretended process is results. 
But process is not results. Process is something that can lead to better results. And they've basically, it's just like if somebody's like, I want to be a happy person. I need money to be happy. I'm going to focus on making money. And then this dude who's already rich is working so hard. I know a guy, he's a multimillionaire. He probably got $50 million. His wife's rich too. And he tells me he can't take more than two weeks vacation. Why? Because he counts all the millions he's missing from working that he's, so his vacation isn't 50 or hundred grand for the two weeks. It's worth like, you know, 500 grand because he's missing hundreds of thousands of dollars by not working. So this guy, and I'm not saying what his real goal is, but assuming he wants to be happy, he's not even able to take vacation because he substituted money as the, as the means toward this. And now he's stuck on the money thing. These guys substitute process as the means for better results. And now they just can't see anything besides the process. So even if they get something wrong, they're like, well, I'm right because the process, they've completely substituted the measurement, the measurement, you know, the, the intermediate goal for the, for the real goal. You see how that happens in all facets of society when we substitute something that leads to something for the thing itself, and then we just obsessively focus on the indicator, not the thing, and then we lose sight of the thing that we were using the indicator for anyway. The only reason to use probability is to make accurate predictions. If the prediction's inaccurate, it doesn't matter. You've, that's, you've basically just completely uh, obviated the point of, of doing this. I don't know. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. I get what you're saying. I mean, you're getting, you, yeah, no, I, it's, it's upsetting you, but it's, it's a framing issue. This is, this is a, like a real problem because these guys, they don't, they can't even acknowledge they're wrong. They're like, yeah, that was wrong, but that's what usually happens. So it was right. It was the right play anyway. That is like a, a bit pathological. And this doesn't just get limited to sports. It's benign in sports. These guys, they're not hurting anybody. It's sports, whatever. Right. But what do you think happens when they're like, oh, in order to end the pandemic, we need to get this metric done. And then everybody's pushing for this metric, even though is the, is the pandemic closer to ending? Is our, our numbers getting better? No, but we've decided that this is the substitute for that. What happens when you get religion about the indicator instead of the thing itself? And this is all facets of society. You know, in the wire, juke the stats. They would like juke the crime stats or juke whatever, but it wasn't solving crime. It was just to, as soon as you make a metric, the goal, the metric gets distorted. And then everybody's going to tell themselves how good their process is. And look, and, and I, the example I used was blackjack. Blackjack is super simple. It's like, you know, it, it's we know what the odds are, the true odds. Football, you don't know what the odds are. Drafting players, you don't know what the true odds are. This is not simple. Anyway, hold on. I got to check for this woman. Sorry. Okay, okay, no problem. Anyway, I'm rambling a bit, but you get no my worries. point. No uh, worries. You get and, my and, point. And, yeah, I do get your point. And also, let me just further, uh, boy, Sam Dartle must be bad if he can't even get the, the Adam Gase bump. I mean, he can't even benefit from that. I mean, everyone balls after Adam Gates. So oh, of course. Really be of course. Athlete. He's no Ryan Tannehill. You know, I mean, Ryan Tannehill showed. Yeah. I mean, again, and, and I bet on Darnold. He's my best bet. So I'm actually hoping for him now to do well. But it just, I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Darnold ends up being great. It doesn't matter if Barkley just gets hurt again and again. And this is the best we've ever seen of him. It's just the inability just to acknowledge that in a specific instance, if the running back is better and the quarterback is bad, take your fucking L, dude. Take your fucking L. You know, you cannot hide behind, usually this was the right pick. Usually it, it's the right thing to do. Th to me, that's just like, it's, they've, they've really lost the, the thread because they substituted a, an indicator for the thing itself. The thing itself is results are what matter. People are like, oh, that's results oriented. Only, you should not be results oriented, again, in terms of predicting the future with probabilistic forecasts. Going backwards, it's just results, dude. If you're right or wrong, that's it. it. It doesn't necessarily have predictive value, but it is the verdict. 
it is the verdict. And a good process doesn't mean that you're right no matter what. Good process means you have a better chance to be right. All they see is the process because they, they've used it as like their way of coaching themselves into making better forecasts, basically. Right, right. Anyway, you got anything? I don't know. We're, we're good enough. I, I want to edit this and get it going. You got anything? No, I, um, I jinxed talking about how the Niners uh, never have any bad weather or the home field last week. Didn't you say that? Yeah, that's part of the problem. Well, there was a monsoon in the Niner game, so I luckily sat that one out. Um, right. I don't know. Chloe, you know, she did well her race. There was no pace person this time, so she got lost, and she actually fell down this hill, but recovered, backtracked, and still managed to win. So she's five for five. It was a closer nice. finish, though. Um, but um, Der- yeah, The I- Derrick Henry of uh, eight-year-old run- race running. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I um, oh, I got to talk a little trash beating you in our fifty dollar bet. The the Saints. Oh, I'd send that. I forgot. Uh, yeah, classic. But I think you might have me on that Jonathan Taylor Najee already. I'm like, and now you're already out on it. He's looking good. Yeah, <laughs> we might have just evened out. Well, he did hurt his but, rib though. He's hurt now. He's got like a rib injury. Right, that right. could be like um. A... So so uh, I just had one more note for you, then we can go. Uh, because Harmon and I were talking about this on the pod. I wanted your take. Would you think it's uh, rest of season? Uh, big bet, uh, life depended on it. Who would you have more fantasy points, uh, Kyle Pitts or Travis Kelsey? Pro- if it was like life depended on it, yeah, and it was just yeah. who gets yeah. more, I'd probably go Kelsey. Okay, you still uh, would? Okay. All right. I, st- I think I still would, but if it was like some tight end is going to set the all-time record for tight end points in the second half of a season, then I would probably go Pitts. Uh, okay. But I think just baseline, Kelsey's floor, if he's healthy, it's just incredibly high and Pitts. Yeah could disappear for two or three games so easily like you know so but you do think it's you'd have to think you have to think about i don't i don't think it's a no-brainer and if, and if somebody took pits i wouldn't be like that's stupid i yeah. i think it's okay. yeah totally i mean he's 33 positive. years old banged up and the defense they're defending him I, yeah now he's gonna get shut down on monday night when the giants ball oh. anyway all right you know, the giants are not that bad man you know they barely lost to atlanta they barely lost to washington i mean they could easily be four and three and they got blown out of dallas when they lost like their entire team and they lost I'm trying to think who else they lost to. They lost to somebody else. They lost. They got killed by the Rams, like missing all their team. I mean, they lost oh, God, to good they, teams. They, they beat the Saints, huh? In in New Orleans. Yeah. No, was yeah. that in New and Orleans? I think it was I think in New it Orleans. Was. Yeah. 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 Danny Dimes, the third most rushing yards of all, among quarterbacks. No, he's good. He's actually good. He's played with the handicap of handicaps. Like he's been. Yeah. I was going to say this. I didn't want to say this in the argument, but you know, I was, I was praising Gettleman and like Daniel Jones over Haskins, all stuff. And these guys can't even concede that like that was a good, that was a fucking great pick. I mean, nobody thought that was a good pick. They need a quarterback. But Daniel Jones might be the worst pick of all time for this reason. When you have Haskins or Josh Rosen, it's very easy to move on. Daniel Jones is exactly the guy that can kill you because he could be like Winston where you have him for four years and you're like, oh, he's pretty good. Oh, he's, he could still be good. And that really screws you. You know, Darnold was terrible, but the gaze factor kind of obscured things and his injuries obscured things. But it is tough, you know, in a way, like the worst thing you could have is a quarterback that's like ends up being Case Keenum, but you use the sixth pick on him, you know, and, and he's like not bad, but like, you, you know, you're sort of staying with him way too long when you should have, yeah. like they could have got Herbert the next year and, and Gettleman loved Herbert, but they had Danny Dimes and he looked good as a rookie. So why did they take Herbert? But like, you know, I mean, so it just that, that sometimes is even worse than having the, the obviously terrible quarterback, but again, right, right. Uh, Hopefully, he was playing through that hamstring injury last year, and he's big guy, looks good. I mean, but yeah, and I, he, I hear the you guy works him. hard. He's tough as hell. He's he's definitely could be. I mean, the most likely scenario is he's one of those guys that like ends up like, you know, they go through his rookie contract. They they're not really sure. Maybe they sign him for another year or two. 
he flames out. He's a backup. He turns out to do some good jobs to back up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think, I don't think he's going to get the golf contract, but like, I I just think that's the worst, worst case where you're number one overall picking you, but it could be like just kind of a hurdle for them to get over. But I actually think he's pretty good, but I don't know. I'm just saying there's a very serious risk that the Daniel Jones pick ends up being a long-term loser. That's yeah, all. it doesn't have to just be draft picks too. Like the Niners are locked in a big contract with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean that's horrible. Quarterbacks, you're locked into right. contracts and picks. Right. Yeah, it's tough. If you don't have a top twelve quarterback in the NFL, yeah. it's almost better to have no quarterback and to be looking because for it's one. so hard to have a year to year good defense. Like it's just yeah. really tough, right. you know. I mean, quarterbacks so yeah. hard. The moving parts, the coordinators, the the health, just everything. It's just so difficult to rely on the you know. Oh, we're gonna have a good offensive line, so we don't need an A plus quarterback. You know what I mean? It's just it's just not the recipe for yearly success in the NFL. No, it's always the, the quarterback's by far the most important thing. But there are people arguing like, oh, even a bad quarterback's more valuable than a good running back. Like, this is such bullshit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. comparing it to like, oh, yeah, like if you literally had a, you know, Kendall Hinton is your quarterback, yes. Then Case Keenum's worth more than Derrick Henry if you have like a non-quarterback, yes. But that's just a stupid comparison when Taylor Heineke is free, you know, and Case Keenum's free. I mean, that's just a dumb comparison. The comparison should be like to like the 18th best quarterback should be like your baseline, like your absolute floor. Compared to that, the 24th quarterback is a negative. So I, I, you know, who, who compares to like, you know, not having a quarterback as your baseline. That's just so ridiculous as, as a basis, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't think that's what Ward is, but anyway, all right, man, good stuff. Uh, late one this week, but um, now I'm super nervous for survivor this week officially. All right. It's on you. Good job. You got to make the call. That's why you get paid the big bucks. Yeah, no doubt. Let's do this. All right, man. Good stuff. Right, later. Take later. it. Take it easy.